by the prophet Isaiah saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins. And his meat was locusts and wild honey. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. 700 years or so before this event took place in Matthew chapter 3, as quoted here, Isaiah the prophet prophesied concerning this time. In Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 3, the prophet says, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. When this unique individual, peculiar in many ways, arrived on the scene of time in Matthew chapter 3 that we have read tonight, John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, he had a message from the Lord God Almighty. It was a message of repentance for the kingdom of heaven is near or it is close or it is at hand. That Christ was about to come. Here the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ, John the Baptist, he was coming to prepare the hearts of the people that the King was coming, Jesus Christ. And as he preached the message of repentance, as he lifted up his voice as one crying in the wilderness, the people from Judea began to come out in Jerusalem and all the regions round about and confessed their sins and were baptized in the River Jordan. When they gathered round this man, John the Baptist, they asked him the question, Who are you? As they looked at this very strange individual in his garments, in his dress, in his message, everything about this man was different from what they had experienced of religion up to this time. And so here we find, as they asked the question of John, John, who are you? And John 1 and 23, the apostle said, I am the voice. This is what John the Baptist responded with. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. And so we see here there was a great preparation. There was a messenger. There was a message that came. And there was a preparation for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and his earthly ministry. And John would come with that message of repentance and he would declare that there was a preparation that was required for the coming of the Lord. Make straight his path. The prophet said the valleys would be exalted. The mountains would be made low. The rough ways would be made clear. The crooked paths would be made straight. 
Why? Because the King of Glory is coming. And the earth would see, all flesh would see the glory of the Lord. He's speaking here of the Lord Jesus Christ. For He is the glory of the Lord. And Him in bodily form does all the Godhead dwell in Jesus Christ. And so John says, I am he of whom Isaiah has been speaking. This man was unique and distinctly different from the current religious system that was already in place and had been established for tens of hundreds of years. We see that this man would bring a fresh message And as the book of Malachi had closed about 400 years previous to this, this traditional religious system had carried on as a representation of who God is. They kept their hundreds of laws, their standards. They were an elite group of men of Pharisees and Sadducees that were focused on all the outward appearance of man. But in the inward part of this religious system that John arrived with on the scene at time, it was empty and it was dead. Although this religious system would claim that they represented the Almighty God, yet God was not in the midst of it or did he have anything to do with it. In all his rituals, in all its activity, in all its pomp, in all its splendor, God had nothing to do with it. And so comes this very unique individual, distinct and different from what was all around him, with a message from the throne of God, with a preparation being required for Jesus Christ to come. Now I want to say to you tonight that as we're coming in a, into the approach in the coming of the Lord, as we're in the last days, as we know that the signs of the age are all around us and the signs of the times of Christ's return being imminent and upon us. It's important that we understand just like there was a preparation in that day that there is a preparation in these days for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation tells us that the bride will make herself ready. Has religion changed in 2,000 years You all know as we look at religion, it leaves men empty. It leaves men dead. It focuses on the works of man. So religion has not changed. When you go back with God and how religion grieves the very heart of God himself. When he spoke to Israel back in Ezekiel chapter 22, he was grieved with how that religion had brought oppression. It had brought robbery. It had vexed the poor and the needy. It had oppressed the stranger. And God was seeking for a man at that time that would make up the heads, that would stand in the gap for the land. But he couldn't find any. But we thank God that God prepared himself a lamb. That lamb was Jesus. And Jesus is that man that would come into that world to bring forth the true ministry of the Spirit of God, the true heart of God revealed in the Lord Jesus Christ, that Christ would come into this world and demonstrate that kingdom to this lost world. That religious system was in its place. But yet it did not represent God. Actually, that religious system grieved God. Just like the day that we are living in, there's much religion in this land. There is much religion in the world. But Christianity is completely different from religion. 
When Christ's ministry began just after John's ministry, this ministry was wonderful and it was unique. Again, Isaiah the prophet prophesied of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to hear this tonight because in the preparation of these days, I believe there's a great preparation taking place amongst the body of Christ. And there's a ministry, I believe, that is about to, to break forth in a greater measure. I'm not saying it hasn't been taking place, but for the large part we have seen religion and we've had religion in our nation for, for decades now, but the true ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Ghost is what this world is longing to see. And this ministry of Jesus, Isaiah the prophet, would prophesy of this ministry in Isaiah 61 and say, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor or the meek. He has sent me to bind up the broken in heart, to proclaim liberty to those that are captives, to the opening of the prison to them that are bound, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God and to comfort all them that mourn. I want you to hear what the prophet prophesied of the ministry that would come in Christ. He said there was an anointing. It was the anointing of the Holy Ghost. He said there was a proclamation that would come in. A proclamation of good tidings unto those that are poor. He said that in this ministry, those that are broken hearted, those that are destitute, that he would come to bind up the wounded. He said that this ministry, this gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ would set the captive wonderfully and gloriously free. He said that this ministry that would come in the person of Jesus Christ would open the prison doors. Those that were bound with sin, those that are bound with iniquity, those that are in addicts and all manners of sin, that there would be a letting loose of those prisoners. It would be a proclamation of the acceptable year of the Lord and it would be to comfort all those that mourn. This is the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the ministry that the, uh, the prophet Isaiah proclaimed 700 years before Christ walked on this earth. That this Christ would come with a gospel, with the power of a gospel, that would heal lives that are broken and destitute, that would break the chains of sin and lies, that would set addicts free from the power of drugs and alcohol, that would reach into hearts that were broken and ravished by sin and bring healing and deliverance, that would comfort those that are mourning. And it was the anointing of the Holy Spirit that would be a on the Lord Jesus Christ as he came in the power of the Holy Ghost to fulfill this scripture. He went into Nazareth in Luke chapter 4. After coming out of that wilderness, he returned in the power of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of the Lord was upon him, the Lord Jesus Christ. We know the story as he went into that synagogue in Nazareth on the Sabbath day. And they were reading the portion of Scripture that we have just talked about. And the Lord took the book and the Scripture was read. And he simply closed the book and said, Today... 
is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. Now listen what that means was. That what the prophet had prophesied, looking forward into hundreds of years, he told us that there would be a messenger would come and declare, prepare ye the way of the Lord. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then there would be a great minister that would come. That minister would be Jesus Christ himself. He would come in the anointing of the Holy Ghost with a gospel that was going to reach in the lives that were broken Lies that were wounded. Lies that were in the depths of sin and darkness. The prison cells of sin in their mind and in their hearts. But this gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This true religion that we and true Christianity would reach into the depths of the broken. Those that were in the depths of darkness and despair and sin. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It lifts men out of the powers of hell and darkness. It sets the captive free. It releases those that are in bondage and heals the broken in heart. All the years of abuse that a man or a woman has suffered, but yet in that moment, the anointing of God by the power of the gospel through Jesus Christ and Him alone reaches into that life. And that prisoner can rise with the chains broken in their lives, set free by the power of God. He whom the Son sets free, he'll be free indeed. No matter the form or the label, when any religion begins to focus on man's efforts for salvation, let me tell you, friend, tonight, and his activity in order for the saving of his soul, it's simply religion. It's dead. It's barren. It's empty. It's man trying to reach God. But true current Christianity is not man reaching up to God. But glory be to Jesus. It's God himself reaching down into man. Thank God this poor man cried. And the Lord heard him. And the Lord delivered him from all his troubles. He brought me out of the marry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He put a song in my heart today. It's glory to God. Hallelujah. It's when Christ, when God reaches down to man. Wherever you are tonight, whatever you're in tonight, no matter how far down you may be, maybe the the whole circumstances are troubling your soul. The fear of what's happening. The despair that's come to our nation. Can I tell you, friend, that in your room tonight, if a man or a woman would drop to their knees and say, God, would you forgive me? God, would you save me? God, would you come into my life? I tell you, friends, the God of heaven and glory, Jesus Christ, would come by the power of his spirit and set a man or a woman free. God's grieved when man uses name, when man put his name to their religious activity, when they create activities that centers upon man trying to reach God. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 2 and 8, for by grace are you saved through faith? It's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not of works. It's not of our works. 
But most religion is works, whether it's a Catholic religion, whether it's the Muslim religion, whether it's the Buddhist religion, whatever religion it is, the Jehovah Witness, whatever it is, the Mormons, they're seeking to do works in order to be saved. But Christianity is entirely different. Brothers and sisters, friend tonight, Christianity is the power of a living Christ coming into a heart of a man or a woman by the grace of God. When a man, a poor man, cries out and says, Lord, would you save me? And God Almighty, his arm is not short, that it cannot save, reaches into that life. And a man is saved by the grace of God. It's all on what Christ has done. It's all through the cross of Calvary. The voice of one came, crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Here was a prepared man with a prepared message to prepare a way for a prepared lamb. The lamb of God was coming. The king of glory had come. All the glory of God dwelt in this one man, Jesus Christ, in the flesh. God himself had contracted or retracted himself into a human form and walked this scene of time. The almighty God, the incarnate in the flesh. What made John different as he would usher in and prepare the way of the Lord? We've read tonight of his raiment, his garments was of camel hair, a leathern girdle about his loins. What made John different was it his dress. Most of religion focuses on how you dress, what way you dress, what way you cut your beard, what way you do your hair, how you, how you look. It's all in the outward. Not just in the Catholic, Muslim, Buddhist, in the Protestant religion too. It's all about how it looks on a Sunday. But brothers and sisters, that didn't make him different. Was it his diet? What he had to eat, his diet was meat, was locusts and wild honey. Friends, I want to tell you something. It wasn't his raiment, and it certainly wasn't his diet that made him different. When Mary found that she was pregnant with the Lord Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Ghost, she went to visit her cousin Elizabeth. She's the mother of John. Zacharias, uh, Elizabeth's husband, have been told of the Lord. They've been praying before the Lord, faithfully and serving the Lord. And the angel spoke to Zacharias in Luke chapter 1, and this is what he said. Zacharias, don't be afraid. Thy prayer has been heard, and thy wife, Elizabeth, shall bear thee a son. You're going to call his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness Many shall rejoice at his birth. But I want to tell you verse 15. Verse 15 is what made this man different. And verse 15 is what will make the bride of Christ different in these last days. He shall be great in the sight of the Lord. Listen to me. And shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. But he'll be filled with the Holy Ghost. Even from his mother's womb. What a relevant scripture that is in these days. He would not partake in strong drink or wine. Alcohol would not touch his lips. 
but he would be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. That's the new wine. Even, listen, from his mother's womb. Oh, friends, we need to keep praying for this land. We need to keep praying against the darkness and the wickedness in high places that seek to bring this abortion through. Although it's been passed in law, we need to pray and pray against this wicked law that would seek to terminate the life of a baby in a mother's womb. Here in his mother's womb, the angel said that this man would be full of the Holy Ghost. When Mary entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth in Luke 1.41, it says it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, that the very baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. She said, For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the, the babe leaped in the womb for joy. Let me tell you, friends, tonight, the church of Jesus Christ, we must be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. We must be filled with the joy of the Lord because our King is coming and He's coming soon. What separated the ministry of this man from everything else of that day was simply he was a man full of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says he was a burning and a shining light and his ministry was so unique. Here's what it was. His ministry was simply this, that I, that I might decrease and that he, that is Jesus, might increase. You know, that religious system of John's day when he arrived had been in place for hundreds of years. It had been sent in tradition, passed from one generation onto the next, ever becoming more crippling and more isolating to those that were broken, maimed, and sat in darkness. But God had promised in Jerusalem in 1 Kings 9 and 3, he had heard the prayer of Solomon when that temple was built. And this is what the Lord said. I'll put my name here forever. My eyes and my heart shall be upon Jerusalem perpetually. That's what God said at the response of Solomon's prayer. But when the system began to be created around that cry and that prayer and that purpose of God, then the outcasts, the broken, the needy, the maimed had no place in that system. Yet they claimed to represent the Lord. Religious systems, no matter how appealing they may be, no matter how traditional they may be, no matter how many hundreds of years they may have been in practice, but religious systems that focus upon man reaching God, man's works, they're dead, they're empty, and they bring death. Whether it's dead tradition, whether it's more like a tomb than it is the womb where something's burst, or whether it's the liberal catching away in the pleasures of self, living for self, everything for self. Second Timothy 3 and 4, he tells us clearly that men would be lovers, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. They'll have a form of godliness but they'll deny the power thereof. Whenever the religious system, whether it's traditional death or liberal, in any form it comes, in the eyes of God, it's not a representation of who Christ is. 
When the honor of his name and the glory of his cross and the heart of God is no longer being represented the way it should be in a broader scale. God, because of the glory of his Son and because of the honor of his name, God will begin to work to prepare a people. Listen very carefully. There's a preparation in this season. I believe with everything as I've sought the Lord that what this is about is God bringing forth a people. This is about his church getting ready and getting prepared. This is about the church of Jesus Christ getting ready to meet the king because the king's coming. And in turn, as they make the preparation, they'll fulfill the very heart of God himself in reaching the world around us with the true gospel of Jesus Christ, the power of his cross, and in the power of the Holy Spirit. The church are here to prepare a way for the King of glory because Jesus is coming again. We're about to come out of a season But I believe we must come out with the power of the Holy Ghost and the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe it's here. I believe it's being preached. I'm not saying it's not. But on the greater scale of things, we have much religion. We have many churches. We have many labels. But we're longing for a breath of God to ignite the church of Jesus Christ with the power of the Holy Ghost. Men and women full of the Holy Ghost, prepare ye the way of the Lord. The Bible tells us in Revelation 19 and 7, Let us be glad and rejoice. Give, give honor unto him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and the wife, the bride, has made herself ready. There's a preparation Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley will be exalted. Every mountain will be brought low. Every hill will be brought low. The crooked way will be made straight and the rough places plain. John declares, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let me ask you tonight, if you're listening to this, possibly you're not saved. You're not right with God. Maybe you're backslidden. But I want to tell you tonight, it's time to get ready to meet thy God. You know, you see this text on tree posts all across this country. Prepare to meet thy God. You know, there's a preparation to meet God. Have you prepared to meet God? Have you prepared to meet the Almighty? You might have prepared your finances. You might have prepared your will. You might have got those that are going to execute your will for you. You might have got different things in place who you'll leave your house to, who you'll leave your car to, who you'll leave everything to. But let me tell you something. As we know so well, naked you come into this world and naked you go out. But have you prepared to meet the Lord? Amos spoke at a time when Israel again, when Israel again had turned away from the Lord. In Amos 4 and 10, this is what he said. God speaking, I have set among you the pestilence after the manner of Egypt. God had put pestilence among them just after the manner of Egypt. Your young men have I slain with a sword, have taken away your horses You know what's happening at this time? The youth are perishing. 
They've taken away the horses that speaks of strength. The strengths of the nations have been weakened by the pestilence that have come. I have made the stink of your camps to come up into your nostrils. And nobody says, here's the saddest thing of all. But ye have not returned unto me, said the Lord. You haven't still come back. You're still far from me. You're still turned from me. Even though I've sent all these things, but you still resist in coming to me. It says, I've overthrown some of you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. And ye were as firebrand plucked out of the burning. Yet, he says, have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord? Therefore, thus will I do unto thee, O Israel. And because I will do this unto thee, he says these five words, prepare Prepare, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. Prepare to meet thy God. Have you made preparation to meet thy God? Has there been a preparation of your soul? Have you made it right with God? Have you confessed and repented of your sin? Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Prepare to meet thy God. We are living in a day where it is clear to see from Bible and biblical prophecy that we are living in the last days according not to the will or the opinion of men, but according to the word of the living God. There are seven things, and very quickly, because each one would be a message in themselves, there are seven clear prophecies that I want to leave with you tonight as you ponder these things, and are you willing tonight to prepare to meet God? But there are seven prophecies in Scripture that are being fulfilled in our present time that indicate to us that we're living in the last days, the end of the world, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number one, Matthew 24, verse 7. There'll be worldwide calamities. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places. Let me tell you something, friends. You might say, but that's always been the case, and you're absolutely right. But if you make a careful study of these things, you'll find out that not like before in the last 100 years have we have seen an increase of such things like never before. Not like in the last hundred years of wars, world wars, pestilence and earthquakes. Not just earthquakes, but great earthquakes. We know there's earthquakes every day on this earth. But the Lord said there'd be great earthquakes. And if you do a study of them, like I did seven years ago, you'll find that great earthquakes are more common today than they've ever been before. There will be a nations that rise against nations. Number two, there'll be deception. Many false prophets shall arise and deceive many. False teachers, false prophets, false religions are abundant in these days and will deceive many. Number three, there'll be an increase in sin. Matthew 24 and 12, iniquity shall abound. There'll be an increase in wickedness. Second Timothy 3 and 1. This is what Paul the Apostle said. This know also that in the last days perilous times will come. And then he gives us a catalog of increase of wickedness that will burst forth in these days. There is an increase of sin like never before. We are creating ways of wickedness like we haven't seen before. 
There's a falling away of the faith. Number four, the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed the seducing spirits, doctrines of devils. Paul said in 2 Thessalonians, except there come a falling away before the coming of the Lord. There's a falling away. There's a departure from the faith. Daniel says there'll be an increase of knowledge. Number five, knowledge will increase. Many shall run to and fro. Knowledge shall increase. Speaking of the last days. Number six is so important. The sin of Sodom will be rampant. Jesus said in Luke 17 verse 29. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom had rained fire and brimstone. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. The sin of Sodom has exploded in the last 20 to 30 years. Where countries now legalize homosexuality and same-sex marriage across the world. These are signs of the end of the age. And number seven, the restoration of Israel as a nation. The words of the disciples in Acts chapter 1. As the Lord was about to ascend. Acts 1 and 6. When they were come together. They asked of him saying Lord. Will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? The question that was amongst the disciples. Was Lord will you restore the kingdom to Israel? He said unto them. It is not for you to know the times or the seasons. The father has put in his power. You read Isaiah chapter 11. It's a powerful chapter speaking of Christ and the ministry and the birth and the coming of Christ. But it tells us as you go down that chapter that in that day, Isaiah 11 11, the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people which be left from Isaiah, Egypt, Pathros, Cush, Elam, Shanor, and Hamath, and from the islands of the sea. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations, and assemble the outcast of Israel, and gather together the, dis- the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. We have seen in this last 100 years, after 2,000 years being scattered across the world, that Israel again has come back because God has chosen Jerusalem to put his name there forever. That's what the Bible says. Romans 11:25. I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits. The blindness in part has happened to Israel, and it's only until... The fullness of the Gentiles are being brought in. The fullness of the Gentiles were nearly all in. Prepare to meet the Lord. Prepare to meet thy God. The Bible tells us in Matthew 24, immediately after a tribulation period on the earth, those days the sun will be dark and the moon shall not give her light. The stars shall fall from heaven. The powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. Then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. They shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Prepare to meet thy God. Are you ready to meet him? Church, are we prepared as a people? Are we prepared even in this season that the Lord has given us to get ourselves ready? That when this season ends that we come again 
But we come full of the Holy Ghost to bring the gospel to be lost in a damn world in the power of the Holy Spirit. Saint, are we ready? Are we preparing the way? Sinner, are you ready to meet the Lord? Prepare to meet thy God. He's coming. The signs of his coming are all around us. Clear indications of the coming of Christ are here. The Bible is up to date, more up to date in tomorrow's newspaper, as they often say. Christ is about to come. Are you ready to meet him? Tonight, if you're not, you can drop to your knees wherever you are, and you can say, Lord, have mercy upon me. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. Save me by your grace. Set me free from all the sin and all the powers of hell. Lord, I give you my life. Would you come into my life and live by the power of the Spirit of God? I tell you, friends, in a moment, the Lord will come and change you completely. Christ is coming. You prepared many things, but have you prepared to meet thy God? Father, help us tonight, we pray. Jesus, we pray in your name, Lord, that you would undertake, that your spirit would continue to strive with men, women, young people. Lord, whoever does not know you, who's listening to this message, Lord, you take the foolishness of preaching to confound the wise, to speak in the lives, to save souls. We thank you, Lord, you're preparing a people for your glory. Lord, you're coming and you're coming soon. Lord, I pray in the urgency of the hour that people would get right with you, that they make it right, that be prepared to meet you. Lord, tonight in Jesus' name, make us ready as a church, Lord. Fill us all your body across this land, across this world. Fill us afresh with the power of the Holy Ghost. Use us for your glory. Lord, we want your heart, Lord, to reach into this world with this gospel. Fill us all with the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, in the name of Jesus, deliver us from tradition and religion, Lord. But fill us all with thy power, Lord. Glorify your Son. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.